What's up, guys? Welcome to episode six of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm joined by Spencer. You want to say hello? What's up, Fanatics? All right. So this podcast, we're going to go over some of your questions that you sent us. We appreciate all the feedback. We're going to do a little recap of this past week, hit on some uh, big news, some of the good and bad performances. We're going to go over our rankings for week 13. And we're also going to talk about a little advice for heading into the fantasy playoffs, what to do with your roster. Um if your league doesn't have a trade deadline, what to do, and maybe some stashes or stuff. So what do you, where do you want to start? All right. Uh, let's go for a few overreactions from week 12. Um, I have a list here. All right. Jarvis Landry had an absolute huge game. He had eight catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown. I see some people even putting him in the top 20 range for this week. Um, some people even top 15. I think that is quite an overreaction being that he is the 41st best wide receiver this year. What do you mm-hmm. think? Yeah, I agree. I think it's a big overreaction because this is since Odell went down um, and they've got Nick Chubb back. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's two weeks now. Um, it's been a massive run game. Um, even when Odell was there, they're still pounding the ball. So like, well, I don't know if this this is going to happen every now and then because Jarvis is a good player, but they're a run first team. They want to pound the ball. And I mean, Baker's been loose with the ball in the past. And so why not go to your two horses in Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb and take it out of his hands? I mean, I, I think it's a bigger reaction. What do you think? Yeah, prior to this week, he's gone over 55 yards just twice this year and only has one catching touchdown or one receiving touchdown. So, yeah, I think it's a huge overreaction to one week. Um, I've told some people, you know, who would you rather have? uh, Let me – would you rather have Jarvis Landry or maybe Cooper Cup? Oh, Cup, no doubt. It's easy. Cooper Cooper Cup? 100%. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Jarvis Landry or DJ Chark? Um. Probably DJ Chark. He's been more consistent, even though so, both of them can have that huge 20-point game. Mm-hmm. I feel more comfortable with Chark, even with Mike Glennon. Uh, yeah, I agree. Someone asked Chark, us yeah. on Twitter, Michael Pittman or Jarvis Landry? I'd go Pittman still, even though he's been kind of shaky as well, and it's hard trusting a receiver on the same team as Phillip Rivers right now. Loves to throw to his backs, loves to throw to his tight ends. I'd still go Pittman just because Landry, I mean, this has been his one boom game and everything else has been relatively bust. All right, DeAndre Swift uh, did not practice today, but he is looking like he is going to play after being cleared from the concussion protocol. Uh, Today was um, due to an illness, non-COVID related. Since he's coming back, are you still playing Adrian Peterson? I mean, even... In a deep league? Uh, it'd have to be an extremely deep league, like over 12 teams probably. Um, in a 12-team league, I'm, I'm not playing him. Uh, anything less, definitely not. Uh, DeAndre Swift, on the other hand, I'm playing minimum flex. Um, you know, if you've got nice running backs, uh, put him in as your flex, if not RB2. But um, I, th- I think they'll put him back in because he's super talented. Kerryon Johnson he had an okay game. Adrian Peterson had an okay game, but... I think Swift is by far the most talented running back there. Yeah, I have him at running back 10. You have him at running back 20. What is up with that low ranking? 
Well, I, I just don't trust his consistency. He's shown spurts of it where he, you know, pops off and has a massive game. But A, coming back from this, and B, they love Adrian Peterson. Maybe Keon Johnson, they're still holding on hope to. I've, I've spoken about that in a previous podcast. I think they should just, you know, give up on him and let him go to another team. Maybe a change of scenery will spark something. But I don't know. I He hasn't been completely freed yet. Um, you know, we were, t- we were talking about it before, free Swift. So I think. I think 20 is about the right range for him. I'm a little um, lower than most people. All right. Since waivers are, uh, I guess this video will release before waivers will come out. Uh, who, are, who are some of your top waivers for this week? Um, right off the top of the head. Top of the dome. I would say Frank Gore going against an Oakland, I mean not Oakland, uh, Vegas defense. So hard to say. Uh, the Raiders defense has been pretty sus. The whole season, and Frank Gore, they're they're riding him till the wheels fall off. Um, four receivers. Um, I'm trying to think. Michael Pittman is still owned in over sixty uh, percent of NFL.com and Yahoo and ESPN leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I I don't see why he's only forty percent owned. I, I don't understand that. Um, uh, let's see. Benny Snell, if he's available, assuming James Conner doesn't get activated from the COVID list, he's a good one to go for. Um, even what, if it's just a one-week plug-in, you may need him to get into the playoffs. What about Devontae um, Booker? That's assuming Josh Jacobs doesn't play this week. If Jacobs does play, don't touch Booker. But um, maybe if you have ba- Jacobs, still put him on the end of your bench just because Jacobs has been kind of injury-prone. But if Jacobs doesn't play, I'd, I'd fire him up. I mean, they're playing the Jets, so... I mean, there's what's not to like. Yeah, I would probably rank Booker in the 20, 22 range. I'd rank him above probably Harris, uh, Drake, and Gallman. I wouldn't rank him above Hunt or Hilaire. So I'd probably say mm-hmm. in that 18 to 19 range. What about you? Yeah, I agree. That's probably about the same range as me. Um, I think Josh Jacobs is only ranked higher because, I mean, he's obviously a better player, but Way better. When, when he's in there, they they feed him the ball and Booker. They like to spread it out a little more when he's their feature bear. All right, uh, I got a question for you. There are a few defenses. Uh, people are already looking forward to defenses uh, for Week 14 and Week 15. Some <coughs> nice defenses there are are the Seattle Seahawks. Even though they don't have the best defense, but they've been picking it up. Uh, they face mm-hmm. the Jets Week 14. And Washington Week 15. Mm-hmm. Another one is the Titans defense who faces the Jaguars Week 14. And the 49ers defense who faces Washington Week 14. Um, if you had to put in a waiver this week, are you going Seahawks versus the Jets? Are you going Titans versus Jaguars? Or are you going the Jets versus the <clears throat> Washington football team? If I had to pick one, I'd definitely lean Seattle for the playoffs just because they start out with the Jets. I uh, got to take it one round at a time. Um, if you need to stream defenses, just look one round at a time. Make sure you get that dub. Um, you know, playing the Jets week 14, I mean, it's a cake matchup. Um, I don't know. I think the Jets could maybe put up 21 points on them. I don't want to hear that. Um, the Jets, it's a dumpster fire. They're not going to they're not they're not going to come anywhere close to competing with Seattle. Uh, healthy Jamal Adams has made a real difference. Um uh, Carlos Jamal Adams' revenge game, too. Yeah. Um, 
Carlos Dunlap's been huge. We got Shaq Griffin back healthy. So, I mean, I don't see why you can't stream them for at least one week. The next week, Washington will be a little yeah, it is. Yeah, Washington will be a little bit uh, more difficult, you know, against Gibson and McLaurin and those guys. But I think week 14, that's a surefire start. All right. And uh, Antonio Gibson ran wild on Christmas. He had 20 catches, 115 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. And he also added five catches for 21 yards in the air. You're a big mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson guy. Uh, it's ranking him as a top five running back in overreaction? Yeah, it's a little overreaction, especially this next week because they got Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh's a lockdown defense. But, I mean, don't get me wrong, Gibson's been great. I've talked about it, you know, in the past weeks. Like, this dude is legit. You just kind of watch him play. Uh, You know, once they get the ball out of J.D. McKissick's hands and give it to Antonio Gibson, he's going to show what he can do. And he showed what he can do on Thanksgiving. Um, And, you know, we talked about this for – you know, next year's draft, I think that's going to be um, one of your highest leapers as far as what round they're going in next year compared to this year. And for the rest of the season, yes, Pittsburgh's a tough defense, but you still got to play him. He's, he's too good. And, you know, they get the ball to him plenty. So, you know, what's not to like? All right. The number one quarterback in fantasy this year, Kyler Murray, had a rough game, his first rough game of the year. Uh, he mm-hmm. passed for 170 yards in an interception and only ran for 31 yards. I've seen people say I've, I've seen people ask if they should start Matthew Stafford or Kyler Murray this week, and I tell them they're absolutely crazy. They have to start Kyler Murray. Do you agree? Yeah, completely agree. Uh, uh, don't I've, don't react. It's it's a one week low. What do you, what were you gonna say? Uh, you still consider him a top five quarterback, of course, right? I do. Uh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, maybe there's like a group of like six right now. It's like Russell Wilson, uh, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah. And, you know, maybe Justin Aaron, Herbert. Aaron Rodgers, I think. Yeah, I think I said Rodgers. Yeah, but that group's kind of the, you know, elite tier right now for fantasy quarterbacks. And, you know, I think he's well within that, that group. Okay, let's go. Uh, let's preview some games for this week. Hold on real quick. Let me pull up some games. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got Kansas City versus Denver on Sunday night. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, you have Patrick Mahomes. I don't – you have Patrick Mahomes at QB2, and I have him at QB1. I think he's the best play this week. You have Russell Wilson above him. But if you mm-hmm. have Patrick Mahomes, you're feeling really good this week against uh, against Denver. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, Dalvin Cook. I think he has the potential to run for 200 yards and two touchdowns against this Jacksonville defense. Um, I think well, we... speaking of Jacksonville, let me let me hit you with a rankings question. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> we put out a poll today on our Twitter to see, you know, who, who you guys thought should be our number one running back this week. And James Robinson made it onto that list. But he was the, you know, he was the, Got the least amount of votes, but still he's made it onto that list. Spencer has talked about him being, you know, massive pickup this year. You have him at running back one this week. Yes. Why, just, please justify running back one status because I think that is a little absurd. But okay. I'll let you take before. Okay. So he's had 17 plus carries every week since week seven. You know, five straight games and 
you know, most of those weeks are 20 plus touches. I think he is the highest. I think he has the highest chance not to bust out of, you know, Dalvin Cook, who has been suffering with injuries all year. Uh, Austin Eckler, who also has been suffering with injuries. And Derrick Henry, who some games he runs wild, and then some games, you know, he has 80 yards. I think James mm-hmm. Robinson against Minnesota has the highest floor, I would probably say, or chance not to bust. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. Like, he's got a very high floor, but I think one's a little excessive. I think he'll get 27-plus touches this week, and that is my reason. That, that is, is take. That is my reason to believe that he will be running back one. Mm-hmm. I have him this week at running back seven, just behind Nick Chubb right ahead of uh, Josh Jacobs, assuming he plays. If not, I'd move you know Chris Carson or Raheem Mostert up there. Um, you know he's he's been solid the whole year, pretty consistent. But I, I just don't have faith in the offense. But the fact that they feed him so much is why he warrants that top seven ranking for me this week. But I, I just don't I just don't like Mike Glennon. Uh, so you you think there is no chance he finishes his RB one? No, no chance. No chance. Okay, way to burst my bubble. We All shall right. see. Well, no, yeah, I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Yeah, nobody on Twitter agreed with me too. Just wait till they get a hold of that one. They'll okay. uh, they'll see the yeah, bias. The, the, they might see the bias come out on that one. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go to wide receivers. Uh, I see a big difference in ours. Or not really a big difference, but you have Michael Thomas at nine. nine. I have him at five. Mm-hmm. What's your reason for him being that low? Actually, correction, I do have him at seven, so not that big of a difference. But uh, what's your reason for him being that low? Well, I mean, the reason he's that high is because he's Michael Thomas, but the reason he's that low is because he hasn't been the Michael Thomas of late. And, you know, Taysom Hill hasn't been throwing to him like Drew Brees was last year, but he is throwing to him more than Drew Brees is this year, which doesn't really make sense. Um, so he's the main weapon outside of Alvin Kamara. Um, I don't know why they don't feed him more. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's it's only coming because he's way too good. He's way too good of a player. And, you know, he's sure-handed, big target, Um I think it's only a matter of time before he gets fed. So I'm only I only got him at nine just because he hasn't shown it yet this year. Yeah, uh, this week could certainly be the week they face Atlanta, who has a not very good pass defense. So mm-hmm. if this and is the week, you could run defense. Yeah, I mean, this has got to be the week, right? This has got to be the week of Michael Thomas. I would hope so. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have any questions for me? Yeah, so let's look at yours, uh, your rankings. Normally, uh, being the biased Bills fan you are, you have Stefan Diggs at number one. Uh, Why did you drop him down to six? All right, so they are facing San Francisco. I imagine Richard Sherman will be on him. Uh, Richard Sherman, um, who did San Francisco play last week? The Rams. Uh, yeah. I don't think he. I don't think he shadowed anyone in that game. I might be wrong. I don't know, but. I mean, Richard Sherman's an all-pro corner. He normally doesn't shadow, by the way. He doesn't shadow? Normally, no. Okay. Normally, he just plays on the left. Well, for the I best. Mean, res- got your, for the- your fan favorite, Verrett, on the other side. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure he'll shadow the best receiver in the game. So okay, uh, but the reason for that is I think. Let me go to it. Uh, I have Keenan Allen as a better play. I feel like he has that uh, that connection with Justin Herbert right now. That is mm-hmm. insane. He's getting so many targets a game. I have DK above him, your favorite player in the league, uh, just because he's DK Metcalf. I have DeAndre Hopkins above him. Um, Even though Hopkins will be shadowed by Ramsey this week, that could be a potential lockdown maybe. Um, And I have Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill above him. I don't see how I can rank him above any of those. Okay, fair enough. Maybe coming back down to earth. Really, yeah. Stephon Diggs isn't the number one receiver every single week. I like it. All right, so I have a question for you. I saw on sure. Twitter today: uh, Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen? Who is the better Minnesota wide receiver in fantasy? Is it for just this week or rest of the season? Or rest of the season. Um, I think it's definitely Thielen. Um, I mean, he's they look. Kirk Cousins has a strong connection with him um, around the end zone. I mean, he he's the type of player where he's done it a couple times this year where he'll have like forty, like maybe. 40 yards on four catches, but like two of them are touchdowns or something like that. Um, and every year since Kirk Cousins has been there, uh, he's, he's his main guy, even with Justin Jefferson, who I feel is an upgrade to Stefan Diggs hot take, but wow. Disrespectful. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's hard to hear as a bills fan, but I, I think Adam Thielen's money, um, he's going to have the occasional bad game, but usually he'll be putting up, uh, in PPR, you know, 15 plus, um, non PPR usually in the ten to fifteen range, uh, because he, he's he's pretty good for a touchdown almost, at least every other week. Um, you know what do you think? Yeah, uh, I would. I would still probably put Thielen above him, uh, just because of those touchdowns. But Justin Jefferson can outscore him any week just because of the deep ball. I think both are top ten plays week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Justin Jefferson at 11 this week, right on the mm-hmm. verge of being in the top 10. You have him at 13, so uh, we'll see. But I think Justin Jefferson's a very good play if you have him. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it's kind of like the same situation as DK and uh, Tyler Lockett or Julio and Calvin Ridley or like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Where or Stephon Diggs, both... Cole Beasley. No, no, not that. Not that not or that. Stephon oh, Diggs, no. Gabriel Davis. <laughs> oh, Gabriel! Oh, speaking of Gabriel Davis, I had to we'll get, we'll get to that later. I, I had we'll to get that later. Um, um, but I was just gonna say, like, there these teams who have two stud receivers, you know, there's not a bad option. So let's get to Gabriel Davis. All right, let's do it. Um, I don't know if it's a typo or you know a misclick, but Gabriel Davis has entered your top thirty. Coming from a biased Bills fan, how do you justify that? Not a biased Bills fan. Uh, okay. Gabriel Davis is an absolute stud of a receiver. Um, once John Brown or Cole Beasley goes and he steps into that wide receiver three, he, as a rookie, I think he was drafted fourth or fifth round. He has four touchdown catches this year, and in games where John Brown doesn't play, he has 13 and 13.9 points. I think he is a great play. Uh, yeah, I, I like I, like I ranked him, I think he's a top 30 play this week. Well, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you are by yourself in that logic. But, uh, you know, we shall see. Maybe he'll 
sneak his way into the end zone accidentally and you know prove everybody wrong. You know what? But Maybe I, I'll I don't prove see, you wrong. I don't see how he's, I don't see how it's a top thirty play. I am going but. to put that on the Twitter right now. I am going to ask them. I feel like people are going to see all the like Bills questions on our Twitter and be like, "What in the heck is going on?" I don't think we've had too many Bills questions. It's going to be like, uh, you know, basically James Robinson and Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Josh Allen. You know? Yeah, I'm, I'm they, a have big... the, they have the two best running backs in the league. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of my bias favorite players, uh, Josh Gordon was reinstated today. Uh, he won't be he won't be back for any fel- fantasy relevance. Although, if he was, he would obviously be like a top five wide receiver, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, just, Josh Gordon from like eight years ago, but yeah, uh, yeah, that's, just that's just, a really, so. just a really fun player to watch uh, when healthy. So, yeah, right, I'm gonna a put prime, that a prime Josh Gordon and a prime DK would be pretty scary, and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Lockett would be the third option. That's kind of wild. All right, let me post this right here. Is Gabriel Davis a top 30 play? All right, uh, let's go over some of the games this week. Um, So, Devontae Parker, you have him at wide receiver... 19. Wide receiver 19. I have him at wide receiver uh, 19 also. That is assuming Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter, correct? Yeah, yeah. Assuming Ryan Fitzpatrick is, where where would you move um, him if Tua was the starter? Uh, probably down to about the Gabriel Davis range, <laughs> the oh, high oh. high twenties. You know, the twenty five to thirty range. Uh, just because Tua is a lot more conservative and doesn't like to just sling it as much, whereas Fitz Magical, he'll just let it rip. I right, let um, me let me stop you right there. Okay. If y'all are listening to this point, uh, Nathan has has agreed upon. Say if you the first three people to comment, uh, what should what should the what should the code word be Lakeway. this week? Lakeway, my family's company, Lakeway. Lakeway, Type Lakeway, yeah. Lakeway uh, and uh, any of our Twitter comments or messages. First three people to type Lakeway, uh, get a cash prize. So Lakeway, yeah, ten ten dollars. We will Venmo you ten dollars. You want to go For a little bit first, higher than that, Nathan? No, ten dollars. First three people, because we're gonna we're gonna keep doing stuff like this. Just to, you know, interact with y'all, see who's really watching, because um, we really appreciate it, and you know, we want to grow. So, first three people. Okay, uh, back to the Cincinnati and Miami game. Are you playing Gio Bernard this week? Hmm. I mean, uh, let me phrase that a little bit better. Are you <laughs> playing Gio Bernard over Melvin Gordon this week? Gosh, I don't like either of them to be honest. But I mean, the situation where he should have the backfield to himself, even though P Ryan gets in there every now and then, you know, you, you would think like sure play Bengals offense. They've been explosive, but since Burrow went down, at least like a running back too, you uh, would think. Yeah. But I did I don't think he's even like that right now. Um, oh, no, he's he's definitely a low end flex play. I've got him at 26 this week and I've got Melvin Gordon 27. I mean, I think their, their flex is at best. I'm um, in a, 10 team league, you know, I don't I don't see playing him in a 12 team league. Maybe he creeps into your flex. Um it's it's not ideal because the quarterback change to Brandon Allen hasn't been you know too great for anybody and I mean, Gio just hasn't been that productive outside of a few touchdown passes. Um 
when Burrow wasn't there. So I, I'm not confident in playing him. Are you? What about when Mixon comes back? Uh, I see him as a top 20 play, but even that might be a stretch. I mean, yeah, I think it is a stretch, to be honest, because, I mean, Mixon's obviously I mean, the that, better back. That Denver offense but... is just so potent. You know, it's Denver. So, you mean Cincy? Yeah, I mean Cincinnati's offense is just yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, it, that's that's the thing. It just, I mean, even when Burrow was in there, Mixon had one big game and everything else was kind of quiet. But he, I think he went for like thirty-five or something, uh, just off the dome. Yeah, not but, PPR points, I think. Yeah, but I don't see I can trust him. I think he's a good enough player to where if they're getting around the goal, they're going to be goal line. They're going to be going to him. Um, Instead of like Geo now, they would force it more to Mixon. I don't know. I think around the 20 range, you know, 25, 20, 25, running back three maybe. It's not ideal. All right. Uh, let's go to tight ends. Uh, you have Dallas Goddard at tight end eight. I have him at tight end 13. But I have Zach Ertz at tight end six. And you have him at 16. Mm-hmm. Based off what we've seen in uh, years past. Why uh, Dallas Goddard? Well, I mean, years, years past is a different story, but this year when they were both on the field together, Goddard was the main guy. I mean, everybody was talking about, is it time to panic on Zach Ertz? Is it time to panic? You're right there. Yeah. And then, uh, um, and then uh, you know, now that Zach Ertz got hurt, everybody is just switching their attention to Goddard. And we're like, okay, he's a must play. And now that Ertz is back, I don't see any reason why they're going to just go away from Goddard. He's looked good. So you think they could both warrant eight-plus targets a game? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me just because their defense is not the best. And, you know, Carson Wentz likes to spray the ball. They haven't been running the ball very well. So I could see a scenario where that would happen. Um, Ertz has been a target monster. Um so yeah, rest think, of season, if you had to rank them, I would put Zach Ertz above Goddard. I think Zach Ertz is a top seven play. I mean, I I don't know. They're they're very different players because Zach Ertz is more of like a plays like a slot receiver kind of, where Goddard's a more bigger uh, physical tight end, likes to get on the field. I think they're pretty similar and right around the tight end eight to ten range for the rest of the season. But we got to see how Ertz comes back and how it's split between the two of them. Okay. Uh, you got any questions for me? Yeah. So um, on your tight ends, you are very high on TJ Hawkinson. You have him, your second ranked tight end this week ahead of Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, uh, Ebron and Ertz. Um, what's your reasoning for that? I have him at four, um, a little bit lower than you. He's, he's must play every week, but why do you have him so high at two? Okay, uh, so Chicago is a really good defense. They have been 28th best against tight ends this year. Um, you I can think make Aaron the Rodgers would argue differently that he tore him apart last week. Oh yeah, but I mean, prior to that, they they've been a pretty good defense. But uh, Darren Waller, I mean, you could really make the argument that Darren Waller should be there instead of T.J. Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. But T.J. Hawkinson's just been so good um, over the past couple weeks. Besides his 13-yard game, he's just had such a high floor, almost 70 yards in every game in the past five weeks. I just think he gets – I think he finds the end zone and has about 90 yards or 100 yards. Okay. I mean, he's been very good. So, I mean, he's easily a top-five play. But I wouldn't play him over 
Waller or Henry. Yeah, um, if you have to decide between Waller or Hawkinson, then you're in a really good situation. Well, that there's a guy in our league, our 12-team league, uh, has both Hawkinson and Waller, so it's a t- tough choice. But I will lean Waller basically every week just because I think he's got more potential and probably a little higher floor just because he's the undisputed number one target. All right. Got any more questions? Um, Let's see. I think that's about it for the tight ends. Um, what do you want to move? Let's move on to uh, some advice for – Adjusting your roster for the fantasy playoffs coming up. What to do with these long season-long stashes? What to do with maybe people you have injured? Um, if your trade dead, if your league doesn't have a trade deadline, you can still trade. What would you move to and from? I mean, away and uh, towards your team uh, to kind of structure your playoff run, depending on where you are in the rankings. Like, for example, let me give you a situation and get your input. So you are a for sure lock you're the number one team in your league um you've got a ton of bench depth and maybe you want to try to trade for somebody like McCaffrey to boost your team for the playoffs um are you willing to overpay a little bit uh to get rid of some of your depth to put McCaffrey in your team for the playoffs yeah as long as you're not trading away two starters uh that's Mm -hmm. always my big thing if you're not trading away two starters I mean you could try to trade say if you have James Conner, and then you got somebody like DeAndre Swift on your bench. Yeah, I mean, obviously you do James Conner and DeAndre Swift for McCaffrey if only one of them is a starter. But say if you had James Conner, DeAndre Swift, and then somebody like, uh, who's a random player? Somebody like Miles Gaskin, who you would have to switch in to be one of your flex plays, then obviously you're not doing that. But, I mean, if you have the bench depth, to do it, I think you obviously overpay for it. See, I'm, I'm somewhat in agreement. Um, you know, when I trade, I don't usually, you know, think about two starters versus one starter. I'm looking at value and uh, the completion of your team because even if you have somebody on your bench that you would be bringing up into that second starter spot, who you know is less of value than the second starter you're trading away. I think the added value of McCaffrey is almost always going to be worth it for your team as a whole. But can um, you really trust him? Like, I know that's just an example, but can you trust McCaffrey to be healthy for three weeks? Yeah, I mean, this is his first season where he's missed, like, any games. Um, it just seems like every time he gets out there, it just seems like every time he gets out there, he gets hurt. Well, that's literally just this season because before that, he's been playing 99% of snaps like every single season he's been a crazy workhorse uh maybe that's catching up to him but yeah that's what i was about to say i think it'll be fine okay uh you want to wrap us up here yeah well real quick let's let's touch on a few more points for uh okay playoffs what to do with your roster if you're in a must win situation you're on say your your playoffs you have four people make the playoffs you're on the you know three, four, five, six range. Are you willing to drop a player who is injured, uh, won't be coming back until the playoffs for a fill-in to get that um, you know, must win? Or are you the kind of guy who's like, I'm just going to go with what I got, and then if I make the playoffs, I still have this guy on my bench who I can plug in and play? All right, let's say if you have to drop Joe Mixon for somebody like Benny Snell. 
Mm-hmm. Are you are you doing that? I personally, if you have to win to get in the playoffs, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, like you're in the five or six spot. Are you playing what you got and saying, okay, if I make it, I'll have Mixon back? Um, or are you like, you know, screw it. He hasn't helped me this point. Um, I got to make sure I get in. Um, I think I think it's clear. You got to. You got to do what you got to do. do. Yeah, you can't hold on. You can't hold on to players just because of what they can be when you're in the consolation bracket. You know what I mean? Like now, if you're if you're like the one seed though, uh, I think you can take that risk and hold on. Oh no! If you're the one, if you're the one seed, you could definitely you could definitely hold off on that. You don't need, and you're probably not going to get somebody like Benny Snell or somebody like Mm -hmm. Devontae Booker. Just because you're yeah. at that 10, 12, 14 waiver spot. Yeah. So right. it might not even be worth it. If you're dropping Joe Mixon for a defense, then no, you're not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get lots of questions about this, so keep hitting us up on Twitter. Um, check us out on YouTube, the Fantasy Fanatics. Um, this is where the podcast is going. Let us know. Uh, message us, comment, um, anything. What do you like about the, this new format for the podcast, the new design? Uh, what are features you want to see? Also, coming towards uh, the fantasy playoffs, what are things you want to see from us on the website? The FFFanatics.com. Let us know. Same thing on Twitter, the FFFanatics3. Uh, message us anything. We'd love to help you guys out. Um, you know, Sundays are going crazy right now. We post, uh, you know, you guys need any help, and it is like, it's it's insane. I never thought we'd be answering to this many people so quickly. Just starting what week two or three was when we started this. Um, it's kind of wild, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Then it's, it's a little insane. Actually, I think we fully with the account that we have now. It was week five. Week five, yeah. So it's been seven weeks, and you know we've grown a lot. We love doing it. Um, we appreciate all the support. Uh, we want to do another live. Uh, like Zoom call again, but we we got to figure out a way to keep the the nonsense out because we had people bugging in. Um, we had a guy, one of our followers, I think his name is Dustin Cisco. He popped in, and this guy popped in the Zoom call, just went crazy. I mean, it was yeah, total total vibe killer. You know, I messaged him afterwards, like sorry for that. That like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, we did get like uh, seven people in there at one point, and. Yeah, yeah, we had a bunch of people in there at one point. It was it was super cool to talk with everybody. Um, but yeah, we're gonna try and set up that again. And uh, uh, something we are going to try to do is this Sunday, uh, this Sunday morning around eleven thirty a.m. Eastern time, uh, an hour and a half before the games, we're gonna try to do a quick little live uh, on YouTube. Just pop in, you know, ask us some questions. You know, we'll talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, that'd be fun. Try that out. Um, and you said that will be on YouTube, so they'll yeah, they that will be that there. will be on YouTube. Yes, because our Twitter is you know going crazy Sunday morning, so we'll have to balance both of them. But we look forward to doing that. Uh, thanks again. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you like it. Um, follow us on Twitter, and until next time, we'll see you then. Thanks. All right.